All right, welcome to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And today we have on the lovely Andrew Cameron from the band The Runners. Um, You guys all need to go back into your archive of podcasts and Mm -hmm. listen to the Galen Hogg episode and get caught up because this is a damn good chat and you might recognize some of the story or some of the members from it. (laughs) Perfect. Um, If you saw Let Her Out and you loved the sound design... We are going to visit that lovely man, Paul Fisher and his partner, Lisa, going out to their farm to spend some time with them and talk about new music ideas. Right. So let's get started in today's episode. We'll keep you guys uh, tuned in on our Instagram, so go ahead and follow that. Yes, please. All right, let's get in. Uh, my name's Andrew Cameron. I'm um, a singer-actor, and uh, I'm singing with the band called uh, Runners. It's like a collective that I'm in, indie pop, and um, yeah, we like to release... like. You know, hard-written, um, good songs that we, we put together. And uh, in the new year, we're going to be releasing all that. So we're excited. <laughs> we're just making... I'm, like, a very loud speaker. I come mm. from, like, a family of, like, a lot of people. Projector. And, and then I... Exactly. And, like, all artists. So <laughs> we... It's, like, constant... It's, like, one of those families where it's, like, constantly, like, see who can talk over who. Right, so, like, yeah. I'm just loud and... Corinne will give me this microphone. It took me like months to realize that she's given me one that like, so when it goes into the computer, it like levels it more. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> it's self-leveling. Like yeah. the two that you have don't peak, so they're like, right. Do a little bit more work for yeah. you. Even, even if even yeah. I, I came from actually exactly the same family. So oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, How yeah. many brothers? You have brothers or sisters? I have one sister, but both of my parents are uh, actors, theater actors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, it, at the dinner table, it was just, everyone's project. How was your day? Shakespearean <laughs> words. Speaking from your diaphragm. <laughs> always speaking from the diaphragm. Like people would come over to our, our house for dinner, and afterwards they'd just be like, "Your family is so hilarious." Like. Like, they're so animated. Just charismatic they, people. Yeah, and they put so much effort into every, like, uh, expression. So it would be like, uh, so, Tom, how are you doing? Are you doing good? And, and he'd be like, that's hilarious, man. Like, that is so funny. Yeah. What Are they theater actors, movie actors? Uh, theater actors. My mother was on uh, Wind at My Back for a long time. She was, like, a, a film actress. Yeah. And uh, she did really well. And then my dad mainly just, like, wrote plays and, like, was a touring actor. Um... Yeah, so he's still writing plays. Actually, he made an adaptation of The NeverEnding Story, and that's uh, going to Stratford like, Great. next year. Yeah. Wow. So they're still yeah. like working in the business and everything. Yeah, my mom is like semi-retired. My dad's still, still writing and doing plays and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like acting, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, is like such an art that you can do like well into your, into your life. Whereas like some art forms are just like your body just like starts withering. But like acting, as long as you can speak, you can, you can kind of do it. Yeah, and you can tell the stories of your old age or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, really, like, embody that. But, yeah, dance is, like, or gymnastics or circus or anything like that is, like... Yeah. Or even, like, I would say, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a musician. But, like, with, like, guitar or drums, I guess, like, your body, like, your body's not going to be able to, like, hit the drum as impactfully later on in life, right? Um, that's a good question. Or, like, with guitar, with your fingers? You'd think that if you got arth- you're got you going to get arthritis eventually in your fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe. Don't to be the hardest, but yeah. yeah. Also, like, just touring in general, I think, would take the biggest toll. Yeah. Right? Like, living and on the, the road is tough. Yeah. Right? Depending on how often you tour and how for how long you're away from home. Yeah. Do you ever feel like your voice is, like, getting too tired or too... No, things. I mean, for singing and for acting, it's really like 
they just get better. Like the skills just get right. better. But definitely, like I can't sleep on the van in the van any, anymore. Like be like sleeping on couches or anything like that. Like I'm just too old. It's more that I just like have been uncomfortable for so long trying to do this <laughs> career yeah. that I like I'm like I'm so done with that. That doesn't bring me anything, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. What's the longest tour you've been on? Gee, like two months maybe. I did a theater tour for like two months. Or we were doing like the same show in like a different high school every single day. Oh yeah. You like load the set in, load it out, and then you sleep in like a really weird hotel every night and like really the weirdest, cheap, dirty, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really cheap. Like like in the middle of like four factories, and then there's like a motel like right there, <laughs> and like the the whole design of the whole thing is like so a steel strange. town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> coming to there, and every high school is like so completely different. Is it mostly small towns, or was yeah. it mostly small towns? I guess. Yeah, it was like in, rural, rural Ontario. Oh, yeah. in Ontario. Yeah. So mm-hmm. around that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. It was really good to be able to just practice like the one play, the one character, and just because there's so much of acting that is just completely transferable. Right. You know, like just being present or learning how to interact with someone and not feel like you're saying lines, like you're actually just in the scene together and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so that was really good. But and transferable for like when you're on this, when you're on like stage performing, and, yeah, like, talking to the audience. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So any play that I did after that, or even any, well, actually, film acting is like really different. Um, but but any play that I did after that, all of those skills that I was able to practice by just because when you, you're in theater school, they teach you all the technique, but you don't get the time to put in doing the thing over and over and mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. And at conservatory, you get a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I was at Concordia University. You were at a university program. We found the same thing with you know dance university program is that you just like don't get enough of the time doing the actual thing. To, like, become that practice at it. You come out of university feeling like you didn't do it sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) You're like, what did I learn? Yeah. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Because you think you're like, oh, I have a degree and I know all of this theory, Mm -hmm. but it's not in my body. And so much of it is just technique and they kind of downplay that. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by downplay? Well... I guess, yeah, like, every program in, in university wants to be, like, we are the best program in Canada or something mm-hmm. like that. They want to be, like, everyone should come here. It's a business. They, they need to, like, yes. attract people. Mm-hmm. So that's what, like, when I was in the theater program, they had, like, a, what was it, a specialization in theater performance. Mm-hmm. When I got there, like, it was not like that at all. Like, it was really just, it seemed like a bunch of courses that they needed to maintain in order to have a theater program. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, missed the teachers. But it was not, like, a, a conservatory vibe at all not at all like I had kids in my class that had never acted before and they were like I want to improve my confidence to be a better dancer and I was like this is not okay like I I have an agent like this I'm supposed to be told that I'm horrible and that you know that I need to improve like it needs to be hard you know Mm -hmm. Mm. why did you decide to go to go there then Concordia I wanted to go to Montreal. It was like, I was so stupid. In, in <laughs> so stupid in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, my, my best friends were going to Montreal. I wanted to go to Montreal. I lived with them first year. We partied like every single night. Yeah. I learned, but like not really. No. No, I didn't really dedicate. But also I had always like, I was just out to lunch, you know, like I didn't want to learn anything. It's just like so hard to like, it's a talent to be able to dedicate yourself at such a young age to something like even if you're trying in, like, your university setting, I mean, like, the practice I do now is, like, not, is, like, more in-depth than the practice I did in university, you know? Like, because it's self-practice that I'm working on to, like, further. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found, like, it's just, like, so surface level. Like, you're trying hard and you're doing it. And then 
but like really are you trying your hardest and like but you're are also, you really learning that much i don't know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's you're also trying your hardest but people are making you do it yeah right mm-hmm. like when you try hard when you live at home it's because your parents are like looming over you and then you're in university and you don't want to like disappoint yeah professors or but also you just want to get wasted <laughs> but at the same time you're yeah. like oh i can't why am I at this 8 a.m. ballet class? Like, I'm fucking still drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many times like that, just being like, I have to go home. And, like, not, <laughs> not caring at all about whatever the class is. Like, yeah. Because you never chose it. Like, you didn't really chose it. You're like, I have to choose something, so I will choose this. Yeah. But you're not, like, taking it on for yourself, which is kind of what, what I hear you guys doing, like, now. Like, mm-hmm. you're actually, like, practicing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that. And I'm in the same way. Right. Yeah, when I was there, it was... Did you finish your degree there? No. no. After like a year and a half, I, I dropped out, yeah. Yeah, you were like, fuck that. Yeah. I was like too... I, yeah, I had too many like personal problems, but also like when I got back to Toronto, I got a job right away doing this like theater show, and that theater show oh. taught me like way more than... Practice, practical. Yeah. yeah. The practical Anything. application of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe if I'd finished the degree, like I'd learned some things, but... Yeah. Maybe. 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 <laughs> but I feel like getting thrown into something is like the best way to learn, the fastest way to learn. Yes. Because you're just like, I have to adapt to everything that's happening around me. Yeah, mm-hmm. sink or swim, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no option. Did you like that uh, yeah. singing voice? I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a vocalist right there. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <know>. red. <laughs> yeah. For sure, I, I just know, you know. Just feeling very confident right now. <laughs> so after you left Concordia and moved back to Toronto... Yeah. And you got this theater thing. Mm-hmm. It was the traveling one, the touring, like, school one? Yeah, yeah. It was, like, I think we did, like, 650 performances or something like that. 650? Yeah, the same show. Yeah. In two months? Um, I think so, yeah. Or there were two. So I did it twice. I, I did the, the first two months, and then the second two months was, like, eight months later. And I didn't really do anything in between, really. Like, I auditioned and, and got an agent. But, uh, yeah, it was, like, around 650 performances. How long was the performance? Uh, it was, like, an hour. Like so you must have been doing multiples in the day, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do two a day. Yeah. Which would be tough because you'd wake up at like six, yeah, load everything in, load it out, do the one performance, then do, do it again the next day. But it really was like going to the gym. Like it was just going to learn how to box. Like it was, wasn't really different. Yeah. But it was always very, like slightly different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could see your progress in like, yeah, in the technique. So it was big. When did you decide to switch over to music? Well, because you're still acting though, right? Uh, kind of. It kind of, like, tapered off. Like, I, I did a, uh, like, a French show two years ago called Can Baby, which was, like, one of the best scripts that I'd ever read yeah. from, uh, from, like, a peer. And, uh, we did really, really well, but it really taught me, I was like, that's so extroverted. Like, I really know who I am now. Yeah. And music is something that I can just focus on by myself or with a group of people that I've known for a long time. Yeah. And that was kind of what, uh, like, Runners is and, and Tiny mm-hmm. Dance. Like, I've known them for, like, 20 years. We all went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, to like be able to go in and work with them every day is like feels more introverted, mm-hmm. kind of like str- well, dealing with strangers. Like when you're acting, you do that a lot, right? Right. And you didn't like that. That wasn't for you. You decided that being so extroverted, or it was like so exhausting. It was so exhausting. Yeah, dealing with strangers a lot is. I think it's just takes a certain something out of you if you're like an introvert. But also like the acting lifestyle is so. It's like gambling. It's just like your agent will call you the day before with six pages. You have to drop everything. Yeah. You have to make it incredible. Like it has to be so good. And then even though you've disrupted your life so much, 
the next day you do the thing and they never call you back. It's yeah. like so crazy. It's such a luck thing. You just have to like look the part and see the right people and yeah, yeah have the connections. Yeah. yeah, so music was kind of like my way of like taking control of my creativity and like not having to depend on anyone except for the people that I knew very well. Right. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Tanya Danza was the first band. I guess we should talk about how... Oh, yeah. Because your connection to Galen, who we've already mm-hmm. had on the right. podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, I listened to that episode. It was good. So you were in uh, Tiny Dancer with Galen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's four other band members? Three. Four other ones, yeah. Other ones, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, we had five. So there's three musicians. Um, I mean, we're, we're all musicians, but and they would debate that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we had uh, Nick Shaw on drums, uh, Andrew Sandeguida on keys, and Matt Russo on guitar. And then Galen Hogg was a vocalist, rapper, right. and then I would sing and, and kind of back his uh, rap up and right. sing, yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mm. then everyone kind of knows, if you listen to the podcast, what happened with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think we need to go into... We don't need to say that again. Yeah. It's a yeah. long story. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you started The Runners. Yeah. Shortly after, or did you take yeah. some time to... Mm, no, pretty much right afterwards, yeah. Because we, we knew we wanted to continue and keep going, and we had written all this material that was kind of in between um, Tiny Dance and Runners, and yeah, so we just wanted to put it out. And, right. Yeah. Um, What's the biggest difference between Tiny Danza and the Runners? Um, well, so it's very, very different. Style's super different. Tiny Danza was like like the Beastie Boys meets like some a jazz trio or a Bad Bad Not Good or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Like We were very... Uh, live show and our songs were like kind of pretty abstract like pop uh, formula but abstract and then Runners is like indie pop it's so streamlined and like very clear what the vibe is and like what the music is and Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no rapping we uh, got away with that and then it's just me on vocals and then uh, the three guys like kind of collaborating to make these like indie pop songs and it's the same three guys right? yeah yeah the exact same yeah same dudes yeah same dudes and me kind of uh, vocals wow it's good. I mean, it's been so long. Like, I don't know any other band that's been together for 15 years. Yeah. You know, playing together. It's not a lot, or there's a lot of people, but so it's cool, though. What has your experience been like? Because do you guys have, like, a band leader in that? Are you the band leader as, like, vocalist? Or do you guys are kind mm. of all mutually? Um, we For music, yeah. So Matt Russo is kind of, we elected to be, like, band leader. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. he's kind of. You know, he kind of calls the shots. Like, he wouldn't say that he, like, likes that title, but he's really definitely the person we feel like is the most qualified to, right. you know, to make a... And, we, and you have to have some type of authority, otherwise... Totally. You don't write anything, right? Chaos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a leader. You need a choreographer. You need a... You know. Yeah. And the same, like, I've kind of recently taken on, like, pushing people to be, like, a kind of pseudo-manager. Like, I'm trying to, like, push them to do uh, business things. Yeah. Um... You were pushing yeah. band members to do business things. Yeah. So you're yeah. being manager-esque. Manager-esque. Ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it's also like, I'm like, hey, guys, we all need to go to this party or this show. And then well, we debate that like we would a, a song or something. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's tough, you know? But, um, because yeah. Because we're together forever. Yeah, exactly. And we're all, it's like we're family, like we're brothers. But like brothers, we don't talk about our relationship all that much. So it's like, it can get really tense. Yeah. But um, You don't talk about the relationships between the band members yeah oh exactly yeah like i know i piss them off like i know that right <laughs> and i then they really really piss me off like sometimes so yeah. but we don't really talk about those things and it's interesting i was watching this like billy corrigan interview 
uh, on Joe Rogan, which you guys should totally see. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but he talks about how, like, his the band ended when the relationship started to go. You know, mm-hmm. like, he wanted to uh, keep the band going, like, commercially and professionally, but it just fell apart because people just stopped caring. You know, they, they're like, I don't like this vibe. Right. You know? So we're trying to, like, maintain that, but it's... Uh, Is it getting harder the longer you guys are together, too? Yeah, I think so, because people change and, like, people have different priorities of, like... Yeah, isn't one of the guys, like, a tech guy now, or, like, a... Yeah, yeah, well, one, I mean, Matt, the guitarist, is an astrophysicist. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, like, he's, you know, he has, and he has this company called System Sounds, which is, like, the the minute he released his concept for it, 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 like, got picked up by, like, the Wall Street Journal, um, like, New York Times, like... It's huge. It's like a really, really big, amazing idea. And uh, Andrew Santaguida, who's the keyboardist, um, he's like working with him on that. So they're partners. Yeah. Um, but it's such a hard decision. Like, how do they, you know, um, what do they do in a situation like that? Like, if I got a huge acting career role, yeah. what would I do? I'd be like, guys, I really have to go do, I have to go to Fiji and I have to, you know, film oh, yeah. on the beach. Because they, they always <laughs> film in Fiji, guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's my dream. It's like the dream role. um, yeah I'd be like guys you know I can't sit down and write songs if we don't know where they're gonna go if I can go to Japan or whatever it's hard it's a hard decision to make you know Um, yeah wouldn't you um, hope that they would be understanding though you'd be like hey this is good for me career wise mm -hmm. I'm gonna go do it and you would hope they would hold that against you right I think they. I think yeah I don't think they would I, you're right I think like I hope that they wouldn't like yeah. I'm trying not to do that with them as well same thing because they've we've done so much work leading up to this release that um right. it's 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 tough you know and I think I'd like to be in a band where everybody can go do passion projects and and cool. come back and like you know do all those things and we can still still keep the band alive so and I think it'll be fine you know I think we're gonna work it out yeah 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 it's totally fine um but I'm excited. Like we we just recorded, um, so we recorded these three singles. Um, one of them's called "Leave You," then "Full Speed" and "Through the Wall." And the two "Full Speed" and "Through the Wall" are really about. Um, it's really about like recovery and getting over like those huge challenges in your life that are that like knock you on your ass and like you're like I can never come back from this like or or uh, I want to quit my job or I want to move across the country because this is so hard. And uh, that's kind of what happened to us with, like, going to that label. I mean, you guys heard that story. Like, we were at Wax, and everything kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. Like, it was no one's fault. But, um, and at the same time, it's so funny. At the same time that that was falling apart, I was in the hospital in Toronto for three weeks. They diagnosed me with, like, psychotic depression. So, like, I completely lost it at that point. This was in the process of getting, yeah, from Wax. uh, Yeah, from, like, falling out of Wax. It's like I was doing that. So it's like... Since then, this whole time has been us really, like, recovering from whatever happened. And, like, Runners is about, like, a second chance. It's, like, and To the Wall, the song, like, completely encapsulates that. It's just yeah. about trying to break through. And after, like, 15 years, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, so was it because of the wax deal that caused you to go into that depression? Or was it something that was building up or what do you think about that? I think, I think, yeah. I mean, probably partly for sure. I mean, I was an alcoholic for like nine years or Mm -hmm. seven years before that. So 
and alcoholism just like erodes your life really, really slowly. So all of your relationships, your diet, everything just kind of like falls apart. Mm-hmm. And then I got into like one like codependent relationship and then the label was falling apart. So it was like everything together just like, yeah, probably made me snap, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And in that time, in those three weeks, you were in the hospital for those full three weeks. Mm-hmm. And so you were just, like, hanging. I mean, like, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> so you were just, like, in the hospital. Like, in a, like a ward. In a like, ward? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. 24-7 being monitored. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I couldn't leave. Like, yeah. I couldn't leave unless my parents had come out and sign for me. Oh, wow. And, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to, like, think about even leaving unless I fixated on it. But, like, yeah, I was in a bathrobe. I was, like, watching Mickey Mouse. I was, like... I was like, I thought the TV was telling me to commit suicide. You know, like, I was oh, like, it was so dark. Like, I don't know if you've tried any, like, mushrooms or, like, yeah. or acid or whatever, but you can have a bad trip. So it's, like, a bad trip, like, that, that lasts that long. Like, it was, like, essentially, which sounds dramatic, but it's, like, that's, that's pretty much It doesn't much sound it dramatic. It sounds terrible. That sounds like a nightmare. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really, like, horrible. And they kept on cycling me on and off drugs, like, trying to bring me down, trying to figure out, like, what right. would, like, balance out my chemistry. Oh, yeah, what combination of drugs is going to not make you want to kill yourself? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What, what, can, what, what can we put this kid on, this guy on? Um, and, uh, like, I would barricade my door every single night because I thought people were going to come and kill me. I called my bank every day to change my banking password because I thought my ex could read my mind. Oh, my so God. So she could, like, get my banking password and, like... Yeah. It was, like, yeah. Was what so was weird. the big thing that... that Did you did you go to the hospital and put your, admit yourself in? Or did, was there something that happened that you... Uh, I... Yeah, my sister... Well, actually, my sister was bipolar... Is bipolar, so she had had a couple manic episodes. So right. at that point, I was, like, I called my dad. I was, like, either... There are seven people trying to kill me in some different way <laughs> in this huge conspiracy, or I'm having a manic episode, and I think I need help. And even Galen came and was like, came over, and he was like, I've never seen you like that. Like, you were just crazy. Wow. Like, he was so... Probably, he probably looks like how, back when we didn't know anything about mental health, people would be like, oh, this person's possessed. Yeah. Or like, just rambling, and I wouldn't eat or sleep or anything like that. Yeah. And I had, you know, with all, like, the red, like, twine on a map of, like, all the articles, and I was oh, that wow. guy. Yeah. So, so you uh, called your dad, and your dad came and got you. Yeah, he came. He came to get me. He brought me to the hospital, and I was just like walking in like tight circles, like 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 a stereotypical crazy person. And then uh, yeah, but they finally uh, got me on the drugs, and then at that point I was sober. And then the last six years has been me trying to understand like what psychosis is and how right. I have it regularly, and like yeah. Um, how's it been for you? in, like, today's society with, like, mental health becoming a larger issue and more people becoming aware of it. And this happened about six years ago where we were aware of it, but it definitely wasn't as in-your-face as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how's it been for you to navigate through, like, the way the system's been working? That's uh, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there's been, a, like, at the front end, there's just, like, a ton of shame because you just feel... Like, you're kind of a waste of a person. Right. Because you're just, like, you're disabled, right? Yeah. But, yeah, definitely, like, um, throughout all these, like, Stop the Stigma campaigns and, um, you know, different stuff like that, it's been way more positive now that I can just talk about my mental illness. But what's funny is now it's, like, very trendy for someone totally. in yeah. music to, like, have a mental illness. Well, everyone, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, this is what I have, this is my thing. And mm-hmm. I get that and I love it. But then, I guess... When I try to tie it to my music, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I am, like, in a corporation. I'm trying to, like, 
monetize my right. my mental illness, but I feel like that's what the music is already. Yeah. So. But do you think when people hear it, they, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of like a weird trend thing right now that's happening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. In yeah. the past, like, year and a half, two years. It feels like mm-hmm. a weird trend when it feels disingenuous. Totally. Right? When you're like, when you get like a weird feeling about it. From yeah. someone being like, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm, you're like, mm. mm. <laughs> but And it's not something that we can like, also like say it, they are, or they aren't right. That's yes. like the weird part about it. You you want to take someone for their word and you want to yeah. give the best in them. But at the same time, when you're brought, like constantly barrotted with mm. all of the like labels that people are putting on themselves without maybe a diagnosis of something, yeah. it feels disingenuous and then you feel like apprehensive about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can tell too, like when people are being yeah, disingenuous, yeah. Or like fake or um or like they use like it's very it would be very easy to use your any quality in your life to like make money mm-hmm. instead of it being a legitimate like thing you know right like a sacred thing or whatever. Uh, yeah like constantly playing the victim or using it as a crutch mm. to gain right whatever mm-hmm. right um have you always been really open about talking about it to everybody yeah. and yeah yeah i have but that's like a problem with me is i'm completely oversharing everything like right I, yeah it's just have, the thing but yeah have you noticed like a difference in people's reactions in the past two years when you talk about it or a difference in people wanting to know more about it yeah people some people are really really interested but then i find people who have no um experience with addiction or mental health in their life like either they don't have a relative that's been affected or like they haven't been affected it's so hard for them to relate and a lot of the time you can kind of feel them resisting the temptation to judge you for being lazy like it just like They'd be like, it's still all in your head. There's still all of this happening. and Or it's not that bad. Or, like, I have problems, too. And it's true. Like, people, you know, they're challenged in different ways. But, like, I've known people who have no experience with mental health at all. They've never had any or chronic pain or anything like that. Yeah. And it's hard to be judged by that type of person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, there's a scale and to, like, recognize, like, your own personal, like your mental health problems compared to like right you know mm-hmm. obviously there's a scale and i think that i would like to think that people like can recognize certain diagnosis over others but right maybe not if that's the ideas that you're getting mm-hmm. from people well yeah may, i mean hopefully that's like what you would hope is that every person you run into like can speak that language but totally. like it's it's so interesting even just knowing how to like support someone when they're going through something which could just be like your partner going through something like really normal mm-hmm. that people just don't have that like language you know what i mean right. like they can't be like there is a way to do it you know mm-hmm. i always kind of compare it it's funny when people don't know how to like pet animals have you seen that and they like they're like petting their <laughs> eyes you know what i mean like that or like they, they pick them up and they're like aren't you so cute and the cat is obviously not enjoying it like i just did oliver is that what you're saying no you had, that was good that was pretty good that was pretty good but just some people don't know how to comfort and like i see that and i'm like i mean maybe you're a great person like that, that person is great but you just yeah it's, it's like a they it's don't a know skill. how to comfort people yeah it's a skill yeah, yeah. so um on, on that note i think that you like as someone 
if you go going to someone and needing help, that person to be able to receive your help also has to be just as vulnerable as you being to them. And if they're Mm. not open and they're not vulnerable, I feel like that's where the wall is. Right. Mm. And you can be like, I really care about you, but I don't know how to help you because like, maybe I'm not like an emotional person or I'm not an open person or I'm an introvert versus, or I'm an extrovert, but I'm like not in touch with my feelings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be just as self-aware as the person that's coming to you to be able to like, yeah. And to even be able to say like, I care about you, but I don't know how to help you Mm -hmm. takes, I think a lot of self-awareness and vulnerability. Yeah. Which some people don't have. Right? I know. I mean, that's what goes back when we were talking about, like, narcissism. Like, you could be a, not be a narc, but you could just not understand empathy very well, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Or, or, yeah, but if you can, if you can just say, like, I don't know what to do right now to, like, help me and I'll do it next time Mm -hmm. or whatever, then that's, you know? Almost as good. Yeah, it's almost as good. Like, you can't know. I mean, I've had partners come to me and, like, they say something and and then I'll say something and they'll be like, that was wrong what you did. I'm like, I have no idea. How t- please help me. Help me. Help me help you. Like, like, just, like tell every me what to do. Every movie is told, what is, every movie told us is a lie. I don't know how to be a good boyfriend. I don't know how yeah. to be a good partner. Yeah. How do, else do I learn? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you do all the stereotypical things. You're like, you some flowers. And they're like, no. The flowers are dying. Yeah, it's like, both my parents died. You don't bring me flowers when, yeah, you got to know. That'd be so bad. It'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just look for your Odie. That's what it is. <laughs> Don't be a Garfield and just look for an Odie. <laughs> that's like how I feel. Yeah. You want... Yeah, that's right. Um, do you feel like having... Can you tell me again? It's... Psych, psych, what is it? That you have? Psychotic depression? Is that what uh, Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Psychotic mm-hmm. depression. Do you feel that um, be, being like a musician and a singer and an artist, do you think that it's been an outlet for Hmm. that or do you feel that it would have been easier for you like how do you feel as an artist taking this on yeah I've I've thought about that I think I think if I had just stuck to art as like a hobby and an outlet right then it would have been way more therapeutic but I should never if if I knew what my um like mental illness predisposition was or whatever mm-hmm. I would never have been an artist like yeah. that's so as a career that when the career comes in that's when you start you know like that's why I love this the idea of this podcast because it talks about just how hard it is to be an artist you know um yeah so uh but I think I think singing saved me from being an alcoholic yeah 100% yeah. yeah how is that just um I mean there's something about singing that's just like naturally therapeutic and I guess I used to get it from dance like I did a lot of um, break when I was younger but I just destroyed my body and I couldn't couldn't do it anymore so singing was like it's very hard to hurt your voice more or less I think if you have a couple, smoke. yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, you smoke, if, you, if you have a couple lessons then you're safer obviously but yeah. it was such a like low damage thing that I could do and every night I would just go out and practice and yeah it was like something that I could do that was I don't know. I can't. It's so hard to know why it's working. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I guess I've written a lot about addiction as well. Like a lot of actually pretty much every song that I write is about some type of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, just about trying to get where I want to be. And uh, so much of it is like it's 
you know, it's about um, success, but it's really just success is just something where I wouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I think and be stable and be happy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or the like the tr- traditional idea of success. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, well, I want that. Like I, but I perceive that that traditional idea will give me stability, and okay. and right. So I'm. I, who knows? Like now, I'm not so sure. Like, <laughs> like I actually realized, like if I had become successful like three years ago, or like famous or whatever, I would probably be an alcoholic again, or like right. I'd, be, I'd be dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. Do play you that. think that the acting, your acting, and your alcoholism were linked? Yes. Yeah. Sure. I think so. And just being like, uh, like trying to be an extrovert. Like both my parents were so extroverted, and so I just like emulated them. And I had all these friends, and I would go out, and I had to feel like I had to manage all these friends, and that. And so I would just drink every time I was around people. I would drink. Yeah. And uh, such a social thing. Yeah. Super social. Right. And a depressant. So all of your anxieties and fears kind of just like. Yeah. 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 Go away. And also like. Picking up on other people's feelings. Like, if I'm in a group of, like, seven people and some of them are strangers, whatever, I'm picking up on all that body language, all that. Like, I really associate with being an empath, so, like, I don't want to be airy-fairy with it and be like, oh, their energy, I'm absorbing their energy. It's really just the information. Right. You know? Their body language, how they're yeah. speaking, the energy. Yeah. I believe that, like, in the energy that people give off. Yeah. I, like, I can tell, yeah, similar to you, I, like... I mean, I don't know, not similar to you, but I, if you're in a room, you can tell the people that are uncomfortable or the people that are having this like negative orb around them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how, um, powerful it is. Yeah. Like you think, I don't know, being on like a roller coaster or like something like that would give you more, make you more overwhelmed, but mm-hmm. talking to like three different people is it's intense. I don't know why. Yeah. Three different people at once? Yeah, like even just sitting in like a restaurant at mm. a, a table of four people. I, it's got to be that there's also like, I'm really influenced by sound. So if there are like seven different types of sound in the same room, it just scrambles my brain. It's so hard. Like if there's, you know, the plates and then the music and every bar is horribly soundproofed and like, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like I can't, like it's hard for me to concentrate. Yeah. I don't get it. Do you find, like, a lot of peace and just, like, complete silence then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mostly I think that's from, like, working in the bar industry and, like, hearing noise all the time. Mm. And then, like, my favorite thing to do at the end of the night is just turn off all the music and not hear anything. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, like, I don't want to hear anybody talking to me. I don't want to hear, like, the beautiful vocals of Fleetwood Mac. I don't want to hear, like... <laughs> Yeah. I just want to hear nothing but my footsteps wandering around, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, it's, like, lovely. I also, like, the end of the night, you're kind of just, like, fucking beat after, like, forever your day away. But, yeah, yeah, I agree. Sound is, sound can, like, really affect your mood or how you relate yourself to people. Obviously, we know that from, like, just, like, the weird tests that have been done on, like, the army where they're just, like, in beeping sounds all the time and how that affects their mood and how they deal with that. Yeah. So it's obviously a huge influence on how we react and our emotions. Totally. I think it's like totally under, uh, it does, uh, people don't give it enough credit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 I'm doing like some research right now in my master's program talking about like um, 
the idea of like working with senses in like performance and stuff. So like working with the idea of smell as well mm. and how like that can immediately bring people to certain locations and then like how that affects throughout the performance. It's just interesting how like the senses can really create like a more exp- interactive, immersive experience for people. So yeah, yeah. totally. So, didn't they say that scent is like the number one uh, memory that can yeah. yes. right? Yeah. yeah, I really, yeah. yeah. It's really intense, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an ex's perfume or, or, yeah, exactly. Or like an old dingy basement and you're like, my parents' 60s basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right away. Because they have the same type of mold or, or yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is that's down there, yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah, there's like a like a deodorant that I bought just so I can smell it and be brought back to like my first year university room. Oh, it's so is it like Axe body spray? It actually is Axe body spray. <laughs> this is like when it first came out, and I was like, "That smells good. Let's use that." Yeah. Oh God. How long? Yeah. Anyway, embarrassing. But um, yeah. But it's like this <laughs> one time. <laughs> what? Do you wear that all the time? No, I wore it like a couple times and then I realized that it was like like dumping confetti on yourself like <laughs> and walking and walking around like everybody knows everybody, stripper like, glitter. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and like I had to, I'd have to like wear chains and go to only like a few type of clubs and be like <laughs> like hey, this is me. This is who I am now. It's like a very strong like identity choice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um so what's next? You guys are releasing these singles for the runners. Yeah, we got um, the three will be, or two will be released like early Jan or late January. Right. And uh, we got them with Crispin Day, who's or the producer was Crispin Day, who's a super talented guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're just. I think I'm just happy. I'm happy with just how our skills up until this point have really been like manifest in these three songs. Like it feels right. It feels. I'm proud of them. I'm really proud of them. And they're really personal. Like, we studied pop. Like, ever since we worked at Wax, we studied the pop formula. Like, you have to put that into a song, and then you have to drop everything, and then add this, like, completely pure human element to it that, like, brings people in. And actually, like, I totally believe that with dance, too, is that if it's just technique, it's like I'm not even watching anything. It's like I need to feel the story, the emotional story in a dancer, like, wow, well, they move. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, ballet is, like, very hard for me to get into sometimes. Ballet is really hard for a lot of reasons, mostly because, like, fuck the patriarchy, but we'll go on that <laughs> on a different time. Yes. <laughs> no, let's Patricia get into Allison. that. <laughs> right? yeah. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. No, you're right. You're totally right. Um, um, one thing, based on that pop formula, this is, like, a little off base, but I've heard that... Um, the song Complicated by Avril Lavigne is like one of the best written songs because of the formula that it has and like the catchiness really? and like a lot of bands like will re like that song how it's written is apparently like just like exquisite yeah. according to the formula according to the formula yeah but you can appreciate a pop song completely like you mm. would uh, I don't even know like something that's really, really like a piece of furniture that's so beautifully designed because mm-hmm. it has to be practical but and then also has to be beautiful, and those things can't complicate each other. Mm-hmm. Like the minute you hear a formula in a song, it's it's not good. I anymore. honestly didn't. This is a new thing to me. This yeah. pop formula. What do you want? What is it? What is it then? What's like the pop formula? Um. Well, give all the secrets away. Yeah. Okay. I'll give them all away. We're all gonna away. be master songwriters, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is the new group, and uh, <laughs> you gotta pick a name, and then we'll write some songs. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Oliver. Gal pal. Band. 
Gal band. The gal, the gal pal band. Um, but, um, so the Veronicas. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, well, so, like, essentially every single pop song, if you put them back to back, you put them on a page, and then you, like, stripped away the sound, I guess. Like, you pretty much have, like, small intro with a musical hook. Mm-hmm. Or like a a vocal hook, like uh 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 whatever, uh 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 uh, like that single ladies Beyonce thing, whatever. <laughs> and then you either have like a, a mini hook at the beginning, or maybe you could have a full chorus. But you usually have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. The bridge will be so every verse is usually like six to eight bars. It won't be any longer than that. The chorus will be eight bars, and then you have to have a tag, which is the most simplistic and catchy part of the song and that tag has to be the name of the song right jesus Christ. has to be usually yeah like most of the time because that catchy part will be the part that everyone remembers the most right yeah so that's like, how they find it and that's how they find the song exactly yeah. that's how they find the song so like yeah i heard you were a wild one or like so maybe they'll have just ooze in the tag but it's so memorable that the title and the hook have to be like interchangeable mm. now everybody any, every like writer in the industry, if they hear this, they're going to get angry at me because they'll be like, no, you don't have to be tied down by these rules. Like, like, fuck go, you, go you fuck number yourself. one hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, only, only like the finest master songwriters can reject the formula so well that it's still an amazingly catchy song mm-hmm. and they don't use any of those rules, right? Um, so, yeah, but the part of it that's the hardest is, oh yeah, that's the other thing too, is that there's a, there's a lexicon of words that you can and can't use. Like, if the words are too complicated, you cannot use them in a song, right? You'll They're too ne- what? Huh? They're too what? They're too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent. This is good. What are some words that you can't use? Um, well, lexicon, for sure. Yeah. Like, no one has ever heard the word lexicon in, right. uh, yeah, in, in a pop song. Like, most pop songs that are successful are about love, sex, relationships, right. betrayal, but always relationships, right? Um, so, but, so that, that is, you have to write inside that formula. So like, oh yeah, the other thing is you have to make clever metaphors, but they have to be really, really simple and clear. And obvious, yeah. And obvious, yeah. Yeah. Like, you are my sky, you are, that's like Justin Timberlake line, whatever. Like, even that is like. Mr. Worldwide, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And then you have to drop all of those rules or like use all those rules and you have to make it completely feel real so you can't seem derivative in any way it's so annoying it's so annoying. so you guys like really did a all your research on this yeah i mean i just like tried to get it like study it um you know i just always wanted to have a, a lifestyle where like i could just make music and make a living yeah and i felt like yeah that's what i would have to do in order to do that um i mean i think even there was a guy from the from weezer who like had studied 25 to 50 pop songs in a book and just broke them down completely and tried to rewrite them. And, what? So yeah. interesting. So it's, um, it's so annoying. It's so, so these, annoying. So these three songs that you guys wrote, you guys did your research on this formula and then tried to create something that was genuinely you guys mm-hmm. within this formula. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, but these songs are, they're real. Like they just feel that we finally arrived at that point. You know, um, yeah. Fifteen years later. Fifteen years later. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
No, it's good. It's fine. Yeah, you're totally right. It's, you're completely right. And I mean, that's why it's called Through the Wall. Like, that's why, right. that's why I feel. I feel like every day, this is how I feel working on pop music for the past 15 years. Every day, I have a hammer and I walk up to a wall and I hit the hammer against the wall like all day. All day long. <laughs> And the wall does not even change like the slightest bit. There's no chips that come off because if some chips came off, I'd be like, okay, maybe this is happening. Like nothing changes. Like, maybe, like nothing changes at all. And I go to sleep and I wake up and I do it again. Right. Like day after day. Like human beings like have to see a ratio of like effort for progress. Yeah. Otherwise you will... You'll jump off a bridge. It's like the like, definition definition of insanity, right? Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over, over again. again. Yeah. With no result and like not seeing anyone better. Oh, and then and then you like give yourself a pin, you're like, Good job. <laughs> you're like, You did it again. <laughs> like participation yeah, pin. Yeah. yeah you're like, <laughs> and you're doing it to yourself, like you got your, your little coffee, you're like, Good job, buddy, you did it. Like it's so it's so pitiful and like lonely and yeah. It is In a certain way It's like very Like no Because people Like not even Not even my best friends Will listen to my music But if I was successful For like three months And everyone was like This new artist They'd start listening to my music Like right away Oh yeah You know I feel that in so many ways Yeah Yeah. It's like a vibe That you can really We can can relate to Yeah 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 Because it's hip and trendy Yeah Yeah exactly Next up Like you're next up Like doing this forever when when yeah. when i know when, when. <laughs> schedule it in i don't care if it's in two years like, <laughs> just tell me when <laughs> yeah uh yeah do you think like do you ever like think about when you think you can stop or when you're gonna have to stop like every day yeah <laughs> Like, not every day, but, like, regularly, I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm going to get, like, a nice, cushy job. I'm going to work in an oil mine or whatever. <laughs> oil mine. <laughs> I'm not going to work in a diamond mine and make all this steel money. Steel town. <laughs> go back to steel town. And, and uh, as if they would take me, like, like this little this artist guy. He's just like, what, what are you going to be able to do in this? Anyway. <laughs> like, like, you're not a tough guy. So... Yeah, but um, oh. I mean, someone has to work the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I would I'll argue that me. you're extremely tough based on everything that you've gone through. <laughs> yes. Ah, thank you. I mean, it's funny because I I find like emotionally and like I dealing with like no structure and so sense of self worth and all these things. I'm so fucking strong when it comes to yeah. that kind of thing. So if, like if we were to switch environments, I feel like someone who had like a regular nine to five job who worked really really hard they would fall apart right. in a lot of ways. Like, I, I just know this because when I got out of theater school, so many of my peers, like, they, they auditioned for, like, six months, and they got People a give up. job right away. Yeah. Right away. They're like, no way am I going to do this. No. All the time. Which is fine. It's, like, a realization that's, like, good for them to, for, like, understanding. Yep. But it's fucking hard. Yeah. Really hard. It's, it's, it's stupid hard. It's so hard. Having no structure is, like the hardest thing that I deal with on a daily basis, I would say. Yeah. Just like, just deciding like, oh, should I go to class today or should I stay in bed? Right. Should I answer some emails right now? Maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. Every moment and every choice is like up to you. Yeah. Are you still like self, are like daily self-practicing like your own talents? Um, not recently for singing. Like yeah. there are times when I would sing like an hour a day 
Yeah. Um, but now I've like I'm so burnt out. Like making these three singles was so such a concentrated process, right? That I just Demanding. had to stop. Yeah, um, yeah. They, I mean, uh, I just it was the most involved process. Like usually we've done like eight songs. Yeah. And we go in there and we just like lay them all down and we record them. But this was like three months of workshopping the songs with the producer. Yeah. Then we workshopped the vocals. Then we did this. Then we like just so precise all the mixing and everything. So mm, right. And that's this is like the standard that I know we we want to have moving forward for every song. Yeah. But like for the first time that was. Uh... Do you guys have any gigs coming up or just have you guys released the singles yet? No, not no, January. no. End of January. End of yeah. January, right? End of January, and then uh, we'll have a release show and yes. maybe some other shows. Yeah, you guys you should come. go. Yeah, we'll come. Yeah, we'll talk about the new band and. Yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah, I mean, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what's we're gonna do? <laughs> GP band. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica's point two. Veronica's um, point two. Thank you so much. This was great. so lovely having you. Yeah, Is there thanks. anything you want to plug before you go? Um. Yeah, yeah, I just just runners. Uh, yeah, end of January we'll be releasing first single on Spotify and um, our socials, and it's called Through the Wall. And yeah, if you've ever had a bad experience in your life where you feel like you could not move forward in any way, I really think that the CP is is for you. You know, it doesn't matter what it is; it's just like trying to get through the wall. So, yeah, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is being an artist fucking killing you, Andrew? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it is. I had to come on the show. Yeah. Yay! Great. Thank you so Amazing. much. Oh, thank you. It's been so lovely. Amazing. Yeah. Right. That's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> like mind blank Sunday. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, tell us what you think. Go on iTunes, go on Spotify, leave a review, follow us on all forms of social media, and uh, we'll catch you later. Bye.